Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar. And uh, today I got a really great interview. Really, you know, all the interviews are good on this show, I have to say. Um, the, I ever, 90, 95% of them, I feel like, wow, that was a great interview. So maybe it won't hold much water me saying this, but this was really a great interview. <laughs> this is with uh, Sam Araya, Samuel Araya, and he's a great artist. I've been a fan of his for years. I own one of his originals, which is the um, called The Magician. It's the image for the promo card file thing. Um, so, yeah, we had a great, great conversation. Super fun and um, lots of interesting stuff we talked about. Uh, he also wanted me to mention that the dark art, uh, dark art community on Twitter is is great because <laughs> he said he forgot to mention that and he wanted to give a shout out to the dark art community on twitter and i can i can confirm that um they are great it's a there's really a great community on twitter of dark artists that's like uh not a few from the dark art society and facebook and all that but um it's, it's mostly new people so it's really cool Anyway, uh, we had a great conversation, and um, I will be playing that you playing that to you in a moment. Uh, what's going on? I'm scattered, scatterbrained. I've just got too much to do, and I'm and I'm trying to maintain my schedule. My, my early sleep schedule and getting up early and I've been doing it, but it's a bitch because I just can't get as much work done. So it's really hard. Uh, for some reason, it seems like a lot of things are happening at once. And so I'm having some trouble with that. It's kind of stressful, but working my way through it. It's nothing new, really. Um, started shipping dystopia books out that people ordered on the website because you know a little less than half the people on um patreon have not contacted me with their new shipping addresses so or uh uh kicks did i say kickstarter yeah kickstarter um so i i have to go and hit them up one by one i've i've mentioned it before you know how it is just a pain in the ass but that's getting done all the ouija boards I created for the Kickstarter are boxed up and ready to ship. So that's good. Next are the little painted busts I'm, I'm almost done with. But I've also got these tool posters I got to do. And I got to start painting on the zombie death bots for my show in October. So I've got a busy year. But like I said, nothing's changed. Then I got commissions on top of that. Nothing's changed. Anyway, I'm dealing with it. Uh, oh, this is the last day of the month so we will be doing a drawing i guess we'll do it next episode we'll do the drawing to see who gets a free skull from the skull shop you can hear it if you're not watching it's the jaw um skull shop s-k-u-l-l-s-h-o-p-p-e they make amazing skulls and um, Kyle over there is awesome. 
he runs the place. He owns the place. He created the place. And uh, he's going to, to give away a free skull for everybody who's in the Patreon at the $5 level. So I will contact him after this because I wasn't really prepared to do that. So uh, uh, next episode, we will announce the name of the winner and you'll get a free skull. Everybody in the $5 tier. And um, if you want to join, you can go to patreon.com slash darkartsociety and join at the dollar level if you just want to support. If you want to get in the running to get a free skull from the skull shop, join at the $5 level. I think that's all. This interview is great. So it's, I don't really have anything uh, that comes to mind interesting that's going on this uh but the interview is excellent so let's just i'll stop and then we'll get on with the interview because it's so so good all right i hope you enjoy it here we go hey sam what's up what up, Chad? Here in beautiful Asuncion, Paraguay, on an overcast day, enjoying the first day of our very timid uh, autumn, I guess. Oh, okay, <laughs> so you're you're in Paraguay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, because I saw that that uh, uh, you were in South America, and I was like, hmm, I wonder where in South America. Yeah, right in the center. Hmm, cool. So. Uh, let's get this out of the way because we were yeah. talking before the show and uh sam asked me what my synesthesia was for his name and i said oh it's a really strong one what i have different tiers i have uh really strong ones that are just have been there as long as i can re remember probably five years old and and they're just instant and they're super strong and then i have like a second tier that's like definitely I have a flavor for these words, but they're not quite as strong and I have to think about them a little bit. And then I have like a third tier that's sort of like on the edge. And then I have the fourth tier, which is, I, they don't have flavors, but you, Sam, Sam Samuel tastes like a bologna sandwich with, <laughs> with mustard on white bread. It's very specific. <laughs> oh my God, man. That's like some weird serendipity right there because bologna sandwich were like my childhood. <laughs> oh yeah. That, well, that's, that's, yeah. that's uh, mine too. And that's, that was, uh, you know, that the, the associate, the synesthesia, synesthesia thing has definitely, it's, it's all associated with these things I was eating when I was a little kid, like in the seventies, you know, like all this junk food and bologna sandwiches and grilled cheese sandwiches and just stuff I used to eat when I was a kid. So now okay, you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, out of curiosity, if there's any, you don't need to say the word, of course, but if there's any any word that gives you like a disgusting sensation, like uh, yeah, there yeah, there's some for sure. I I don't mention those very often. Yeah, of course. Of I don't course. want to insult people. <laughs> yeah, just keep it secret. But I just yeah. want to know. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you after. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few though that are like you know the taste of bile the <laughs> smell of like piss <laughs> wow that would be so what a horrible way to go man chet sar told me that your name there's one there's a really... like 
<laughs> there's one really strong one that uh smells like dog breath <laughs> so i'm always worried that that name is going to come up and they're going to ask me <laughs> so anyway uh so now you know bologna sandwich with mustard, mustard only mustard yep. that's 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 the trick um yeah so uh how's everything going everything's going well with you what's what's up what are you what are you doing Oh man, uh, everything's doing great right now. I've been, whew, man, I've been going out of a, a, a super artistic block phase with all the bells and whistles, depression and stuff. Oh no, really? Yeah, yeah. It started early this year. Um, wow. I've been, get, I, I, I've been going to therapy and getting better. Um, oh, good, good. And another thing that really got me pumped up uh, and wanting to paint has been these new artificial and intelligence tools that we have been developing of lately. Yeah, like, they're crazy. Yeah, you know, um, it's weird because I, I usually get, like, I, I, I usually get on the pessimist side of things or mm -hmm. the doomsday things like, oh my God, they think we'll, we'll take our jobs and we will become obsolete because artificial intelligence has now developed to the point that we can mimic some somebody's art style. But when I saw that the stuff that was being created, it was like, oh my God, this is it. This is the stuff that really going to push all my creativity to a new right. level. And, and it is, man, it has been like insane. It's, um, I've been telling my friends, all my friends are big uh, World of Warcraft players and all MMO stuff. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, dude, this stuff is more addictive. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I bought a, a subscription, uh, like the top tier subscription, as soon as I could. For because which it one? Was just uh, Mid Journey. Oh, oh, so you can buy the, the subscription now? If you are a beta tester, are you, uh, are you at Mid Journey? I got in the Discord to try it out and it seems mm -hmm. like they only let you try it a few times or something because i tried yeah, exactly. doing it again and then it wouldn't do it so so i'm assuming but i don't even know how you would pay for it i was thinking about doing it it's just like oh thank you sorry i'm just getting a water <laughs> i forget to get a water thank you um sure. uh uh but I don't have time to mess with it is the problem right now. So it's like, yeah. I might as well just wait, but man, I see the potential for some of the stuff, you know, a lot of it, uh, the issue I have with a lot of the AI stuff is it's starting to look all the same. Yes. Totally. Some of it, some of it, but <clears throat> there are some pieces I just saw yesterday. I think I retweeted it. It was, uh, I forget the guy's name on Twitter. Necro. No, it wasn't no, it wasn't Necro. He, his stuff's mind blowing too. He's doing it right. Let me see. I'm gonna let me just see if if it comes if if it's. Uh, I think it was dark philosophy or dark dark philosophy, uh, mm -hmm. at Donald L. McCart, one. Oh, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> it's so amazing. I mean, these images he created with AI are like. It, to me, it's so inspiring. It doesn't feel like um, it gives me ideas rather than like, oh, no, it's going to take over my job. It's like, no, this is like an inspiration machine and a way to generate ideas. And, and the way I'm like, I, the way I'm interested in potentially using it is um, 
kind of, I guess, the way Dehiscence, Dehiscence, I, I can never pronounce her name right, but the interview I just did on the, I think it was last last week or two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. The way that she uses it where she'll take sex, you know, get an idea going and then, you know, keep getting new iterations of it and then adjusting it in Photoshop. And I could see using it to like generate basic composition ideas and then chopping it up the way uh, Necro does and putting them together and just creating your own work. And then even since I'm a, you know primarily an oil painter, I could see painting those things, using that as reference to paint. That would be amazing, like a cool new tool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been using it like, I work primarily with photography in my digital work. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and what I do, I find inspiration, you know, in just uh, paint blobs and stains. Like I will right. be with my with my phone taking photos of weird um, <laughs> weird mold growing up on the right. side of the street because <laughs> the shape. I I would find that shape inspiring, and I would feel that shape with things. Then after right. that, so I use it that way. And another thing that really occurred to me was also this, uh, like. You know, it's it's a scary idea, the idea that uh, you're going to be replaced by, by a computer. But then I said, oh, wait a moment. This stuff produces like for the realistic quality. What, what if I just paint that in oils and in acrylic or whatever? Right. And then I create an original piece. Right. Then I will be stealing from the <laughs> Yeah, from right. The band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've been doing that. Give me a second. Go to show you. Oh, cool. I, think I have it right here. Damn it. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Well, no. you have to you have to post it up. It's here. It's here. It's here. Oh yeah. There you go. So oh, uh cool. I'm going to post to post this one. That's awesome. Yeah, the basis of the image of the it's an acrylic painting was done, was done in mid journey. Oh my god, that's so cool! See, that's the idea I, I wanted to do. <laughs> but that's but I could see like, uh, so many artists. I mean, it's just the potential's huge. It's just it's scary. I think right now at first because everyone just immediately thinks, oh, go there goes my the way I make a living. But, yeah, exactly. But but it's I feel like it's pushing everything forward. It's like it's a it's it's like crypto or blockchain in that it's a it's a disrupt it's a disruptive technology. So it's gonna like I think cause a big shift um, forward. It's gonna force everybody to kind of grow and change and come up with new ideas. And um, you know it's 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 and that's what it's all about, really. You know, um, I think that just yeah. the, the potential is so much bigger than it's it's gonna take my job over. You know, it's it's like, you know, we're we're creative, you know, AI is creative based on everything that's been created. And it's like we as human beings can generate new wherever ideas come from in human beings. You know, it's like we can come up with, with ideas to either get ahead of it or use it really, you know. Another yeah, tool. Besides, um, at, at the end of the day, everything you produce through that is filtered through your own human experience yep. and your own taste right. and your own knowledge. Right. So 
that's a, a, a big thing that everybody kind of forgets. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks it's like the, the doom and gloom of the whole thing instead of the, the potential of it. Right. It's kind of like, in a way, it's sort of like a director um, <clears throat> of a film. They get yeah. they kind of they kind of get credit for making this movie, but they wouldn't be able to do it without everybody involved. And and a lot of people, you know, like uh, directors will be like, "Oh, their movies are so beautiful." And it's like, yeah, well, that's because the director picked this amazing cinematographer <laughs> and this amazing art director and this amazing effects person, and you know, and so it's kind of like you become the art director in a way, you know, and you're hiring this AI to create whatever for you. And then what mm-hmm. you do with it and what you think is good is, you know, I just, th- I, I, I think it's, I, I'm excited about it. And I think it's great that it's get, giving like uh, people that have never been able to create art before for, for a number of reasons, giving them an opportunity to be creative, you know? Yeah. I love that. I, I love the fact that, um, the tools that we have today, it's like no other period in history I know. ever. It's so crazy. Did you see that that post I did? Did you find that one on my? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found Isn't it. that it... stuff? I mean, like, look at the one. Look at the one, the third one. It's like, what even is that? It's like a, a machine <laughs> with like a face at the top. And oh, it's so cool and creepy. It's got like a Joel Peter Witkin vibe to it, sort of. But it's like, oh my! It's I just think it's so cool. And yeah, it is. It is. And if I generated that, I would be like, totally taking that into Photoshop, chopping it up, who you know, doing all kinds of stuff with it, and uh, maybe painting it or something or animating it two D. I don't know. It's just super cool. Super cool. So uh, for people, for people who uh, you know, you're one of those artists. I think a lot of people have seen and maybe not realized it because <laughs> you've done yeah, so probably. much, you've done a ton of commercial work. I know that I own your piece. That's one of your most famous pieces called the magician that I know a lot of people, every one I've my artist friends I've shown that to is like, Oh, I know that piece. I know that piece. <laughs> it's like kind of a famous piece. And I scored that thing. <laughs> hanging up Thank in you. my, yeah, it's hanging up in, in the dining room. Um, so I don't know, tell, tell us about what, what you do for people who aren't aware. Cause I think, like I said, you do a lot more than people realize maybe. Okay. Well, um, I started working on the tabletop industry like 10 years ago, something like that 20 years ago. I what, what industry? <laughs> the tabletop, like role-playing games. Okay. So like magic, the gathering and no, I just, I, I just got into magic, the gathering, like in the, but that type of stuff. Yeah, that type of stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Mostly role playing games, which you know they pay like shit. But oh, really? I was, <laughs> yeah, I was living here in South America, and and uh, and I, oh my god, I, I got the chance to be Polish uh, and and get a decent wage. Um, so I, I managed to make a living of that. Were you, um, were you doing it remotely all along? Yeah, like the whole time, all along. Oh, all that's along. cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Your and it was also, yeah, it was also funny because it was one of those industries where it wasn't so much about you know going to the place and meeting the art director and having connections because I couldn't do that. I couldn't afford that. 
yeah right. until much much later in my life um so i email a couple guys uh 24 hours later i 24 hours later i had like my first gig um, really after I, just emailing him with your stuff yeah yeah wow. yeah 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 but, but you know with the internet i i had the the chance to actually read what people would do to maximize their chance oh. of getting hired oh, instead smart. of just shooting in the dark right <laughs> um after a while I, I i always wanted to be uh an artist an, an editorial artist in the sense of not so much editorial in magazine but much more in books because i love books mm-hmm. much of my all my influences come from literature mm. Um, especially the weird kind. Mm. Uh, I got into, I got very early into Clyde Barker, even before I got into Stephen King. <laughs> Just oh, yeah. to give you an idea. Yeah. 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 I got, yeah. I got into Clyde Barker. Like I got the import books from the UK, the books of blood before he oh, blew, cool. blew up in the U S cause I just happened to be at a convention and some guy recommended him and nobody knew oh, Clyde yeah. Barker. And I got these books. I got the English edition. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, the so books good. of blood are so good. So good. They're like so game changing stuff. Totally, totally. And I wanted to illustrate that. And I've been doing that for a couple of years now. And also been doing uh, gallery shows. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I had to do for my artistic sanity and much to my marketing detriment was this <laughs> idea that I don't like having just one style. I don't like just specializing yeah, in yes, one thing. Right. I like to try everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just uh, a bit dispersed in that aspect in the terms of the, like, um, I've been painting with um, Photoshop for a long time now, but I just want to try new stuff. I, I've, I've been learning ZBrush with David Ego right now. All oh, right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, one of the things that I try again is that having that diversity of style, I feel like if I paint truly what I want in the terms of what my experience or intuition dictates, people will see the similarities regardless of the medium or the style. Mm-hmm. That's a long shot in the dark, I admit it. <laughs> Not the best marketing decision because it's always, you know, better if you have a series, a, recogni- a recognizable style, and people can say immediately, that's a samurai or right. Jetstar piece, right? right? But I like having fun, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to you gotta ultimately go with, with, uh, with your heart, you know, you got to go with where your passion is more than anything, you know, even you got, sometimes you got to do things out of the ordinary um just because you're so passionate about doing that you know what i mean it's like some things mm-hmm. like for me it made sense to to do that because that's kind of what i was interested in anyway you know it's like mm-hmm. I, you know and, and it was more i don't know i just felt like okay about focusing on one style yeah yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Cause, maybe because i had been doing effects for so long before that it was more like okay i want to try and do this and 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 you know, but I, but I, I think, you know, uh, if, if, if that's important to you, you should do it. And it's worked out, obviously you're doing all right. So. <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly, perfectly fine. I mean, uh, one of the big things that you have to kind of deal with when you become a creator is that everybody is going to tell you that there are right and wrong ways to create. Right. Which, 
which isn't we create in such a different way in yeah. such different ways especially you know starting early on in the fantasy sci-fi art community there were like very strong opinions about what was right and what was wrong and their CLAs especially in the concept art world and all that. oh yeah yeah and well the same happens in the final world i guess <laughs> yeah yeah anything yeah. that anything that's a system will will get like that i think um, exactly but there's enough time, people doing it yeah but at the same time you got people like bill sienkiewicz and dave mckean who were innovators and who did stuff that was yeah really ahead of the curve and the only way we move forward is with you know having these voices of transgressions if you like mm -hmm. to call them right right so um that's very important for me yeah yeah well like i said it's worked for you so um you know you gotta like again you gotta i, I really believe that if you sort of follow wh what you're most passionate about what that that becomes your your guiding light mm -hmm. you know the thing that seems like the coolest thing you could do just do that and that will like lead you even if it's outside of what people are telling you to do it's just like painting i mean as much as i've got like a style that i've done at the time when i started it's like there was nobody i didn't see anybody really doing monster portraits like that so there was mm -hmm. like that just doing that itself was stupid <laughs> or it's like or, or not like you know probably wouldn't get a lot of um positive reinforcement from other artists like why are, why are you doing that that's not gonna work but you know that's what i was passionate about so i just followed it and it, and it ended up working out so I, I think that's the way to go uh so you your english is amazing thank First you thing, how, how, how uh like you're extremely you know articulate and what's how do you have how is your english so good like what's the deal with the english down in paraguay uh well uh at first uh like my mother and father really wanted to invest in our education when we uh like our family was always modest but mm -hmm. at some point we hit that sweet spot in middle class and they were like say okay we're going to invest in the education of our children thankfully mm -hmm. and they decided to uh build a library for example even if they didn't read mm -hmm. and and also throw us into uh, uh a school that teach english it was again a, a very modest english and i had a really hard time with it i really hated it even oh the, really even the teacher will tell my parents, like, uh, you know, he really struggles with it, but he's, he's doing all right, he's doing all right. Then everything kind of went to hell and went back to the modest situation. We forgot about English about that. Uh, but my father decided to invest in a personal computer. And with the personal computer came some video games, those text adventures. Oh, okay. And then, and then I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I gotta learn English. <laughs> So you're, so you just needed a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I just needed something to realize my human potential, man. So there was uh, a very good game that was called Ultima that I really loved <laughs> back in the day. But you like to read too, right? I, I think I was reading, yeah. reading an interview with you and you were talking about, you really like to read, which is probably helpful if there's certain books that are only in English, maybe yeah 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 especially with weird fiction right. and fantasy 
right now things are more open thanks to Game of Thrones and whatever uh, and everything else. Right. Right then it was like, I don't remember, I think it was Clive Barker that I went to a, a bookstore here in Paraguay and asked, um, do you have anything by Clive Barker? Oh, it was not interview with Vampire, it was Queen of the Dam by Anne Rice. They told me, no, sir, we don't sell books on the occult here. Oh, and no. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you an idea of, of, of what sort of, uh, of, play was, of place was Paraguay uh, a couple of years ago. Right. Now everything is it's, it's more open. Oh, thankfully. really? Yeah. Yeah. Is it like, uh, is, what's the dominant religious culture? Is it like Catholic? Oh, Christian. 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 Catholic Christian. Evangelical is also getting uh really strong here yeah. like we had this satanic panic 10 years later mm. so instead of hitting me when i was a kid it just hit me when i was starting growing <laughs> being a teenager listening to heavy metal, death metal <laughs> i played dungeons and dragons just in time <laughs> just in time <laughs> yeah when everything in the first world moved forward i was like <sighs> yeah <laughs> they threw that monkey wrench into my <laughs> geeky plans Oh man. So, uh, I, I, you know, I did a little bit of research on you cause I mean, we've known each other online for a long time, but oh, yeah. you know, we haven't really talked or anything that much, just messages back and forth and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't really know your background, but you were like an, a, a, you were drawing since you were little, right? Yeah, exactly. Just like, like everyone else at, at some point, I, I actually, because I, I love reading so much, I thought I'm never going to get good at drawing so uh. i'm going to become a writer that probably is easier <laughs> oh man uh, <laughs> i don't know about that yeah I, <laughs> thankfully i i was uh, uh i was wrong <laughs> that's so funny I, though that that's uh that i was you know i don't really talk about it that much but i was mm -hmm. like a, a huge reader when I was a kid and I don't read that much anymore because I don't have the time. And it's one of the, one of the things I don't like about my life now is not having the time to read one of the, one of the few things I got a pretty great life, but I don't have time to read like I used to, but um, I, you know, my whole, probably, I don't know, early teens all throughout up until my early, you know, my twenties, when I started a family, I was reading I read a lot and I was super <laughs> into writing um, big Clive Barker fan, big Steve Stephen King fan, Lovecraft, you know, ghost short story, all, all the kind of weird stuff, but um, uh, a lot of like spirituality books and stuff like that. But man, I, I love, love to read. And I, and I did, and I have always secretly wanted to be a writer and I'm just not very good at, at writing, but I did one time I did write, when I was a teenager, I think in high school, I mm -hmm. made myself write a short story. And it was, it was like, I could tell it was, I can't, I, it's, I have it somewhere. I wish I could, cause I want to read it. Cause at the time I was like, I felt satisfied. Like, you know, if I pursued this and I kept practicing, I think I could probably do this. And that was kind of enough for me. And I was like, and that was it. It's like, I just had to do it once. <laughs> and I wrote this short story that was like a, it was just like about a guy getting ready for a date and how excited he was. And then at the, the, the twist at the end is he makes some creepy remark and pulls out this, his little case with a straight razor. And then you realize he's like, 
excited because he's going to kill the girl. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it was, so was kind of like low hanging fruit, but at the same time, it was like a, just simple. And I thought like I wrote it pretty well. Uh, and I'm not even like a serial killer guy. It was just like that's what came out when I wrote it. But um, but I did try like one time I tried to write a comic, which is another thing I want to do at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. because i got put in the um the dumb math class because my math grades were bad and so i had like i'd finish my finish my assignments in 10 minutes because they were so easy and then it was like a two-hour class it was two periods together so the rest of the time i would spend writing trying to write this comic book until they figured out that i was didn't belong in that class and then they made me go to a normal one and then i was back to getting shitty grades in math but um so i, I definitely have that feeling for writing like you do as well and the kind of the desire or the respect for it or whatever we should get back to it then i know i i, I still think about like you know a lot of the things i want to do in the future are need writing so but um you know like if i do like i want to do a comic a dystopia comic series for sure and you know i'd love to do like a love death on robots Have you seen Love, Death, and Robots yet? Of course, I, totally, I could totally see you doing that with oh, like, that's, how, that's how it's funny because my friend Josh Breckenridge, everybody was telling me, but the, he kept telling me, "You got to watch this. You got to watch this." And I just kept putting it off because because you have to pay attention because you know I usually <laughs> watch when I'm painting, and that's that's why I go to documentaries because you can listen. But I watched it and I was like, "Oh my god." I'm kind of I'm late to the party because I only watched it like a few months ago and it's like so amazing. I can't even believe it. It's so good. And, uh, you know, prior to that, I was like, okay, would dystopia be a live action thing? Because I've got fantasies about it being a movie or a TV series. Would it be live action or would it be CG hmm, or animated or something? And then I, since seeing Love, Death and Robots, I'm like, CG. <laughs> I would want it to be CG because of what you can do now. And you could you could keep it in the style of the paintings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whereas if you're doing prosthetics on people, it's like you have all these limitations. Yeah, so, you have to adjust proportions as well. Yeah, right, right. So I am super into that idea now. But uh, but again, that all requires writing. Um, so I don't know, and I'm kind of curious to take to to, to spend some time doing that when I get some time. But uh, Mike Carell's a great writer too, so it's like he'll he'll always help. He he wrote the text for the dystopia book and stuff. He's a really amazing writer. <clears throat> He's been writing his whole life. Cool, mm. yeah. And you know, with as with every craft, it's just a question of practice. I know. Uh, uh, you know, the older you get, there's like this, especially if uh, I see something that will happen to me is like. I would get decent or good at, at Photoshop, painting in Photoshop, digital painting. Mm. And then I will try a different medium. I will get frustrated because. Yeah, you can't just do oh it right God. away. <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're stepping out of the. I have to remind me, and I do this quite often, to remind me that I'm outside my comfort zone. This is right. a place. This is a, this is a danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a danger zone where, where, where good stuff happens. Right. And I think that's something that uh, everyone should do if they have any interest in any creative endeavor. So mm -hmm. go for it, man. Go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's so much I want to ask you about. 
uh, <laughs> again, again, we, you know, you're another one of these artists that's like, uh, you, you, you've done some NFTs, right? <clears throat> oh yeah. The that's the thing. Board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're not, not, we're not hiding from that fact. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, that's just wrong. <clears throat> but, but you're another one of those artists that I was like, Oh, that's where he's been. He's been doing, he's been aside from the commercial projects. Yeah. He's been doing yeah, NFTs. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you can't say it on normal social media because everyone gets down your throat. So you just like, don't say anything. And then you go to Twitter where everyone's, everyone's cool with it. And then you yeah. talk about it there. But um, how's your experience been with it? Um, it has been a mixed bag. Like I've been, the thing is that one of the, the, the biggest reasons why I wanted to do NFTs uh, was the fact that uh, coming from a society that's at least 10 years behind in terms of everything, <laughs> I, I've been always concerned with the way that digital art is, has been presented and the right. fact that you can authenticate digital art. It was a huge step yep. in terms of advocating for what uh, what's the worth of digital art. Um, the second thing was that with the pandemic, uh, I had to drop every show like I'm doing uh, this year for the first time in a long time and doing an international show at the Dark Art Emporium. Oh, great. They're awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love those guys. Yeah, Jeremy is an awesome dude. Yeah, um, both the Jeremys. <laughs> yeah, there's two the Jeremys. Jeremys. They're both Yeah, there's, there's two Jeremys. I just realized that like <laughs> a couple of days ago when I went, oh, wait. Yeah. One of them's cool. Uh, One's a total asshole. No, <laughs> they're both. Let's super. just not say who is who, right? <laughs> no, no, no. They're both totally cool. Both Jeremys are awesome. I love them both. Yeah, with the pandemic, everything went to hell in terms of shipping to the point that I have to say no to even virtual shows because shipping to a different country was just so insanely expensive. Oh man, yeah, it's still expensive. It's like it was like you know, it was very, it was actually quite depressing because oh my god, I'm to the I'm finally in the point where people are asking me to go to inviting me to do shows, and I can't do it unless I want to be poor. Right? Yeah, you can't afford to do it. Yeah, the NFTs came. They came with the controversy. Uh, I, I will be one of the first to admit that I was like, uh, uh, I was very hesitant because of the, t- the, 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 the controversy, which we all know, right? Yeah, yeah. At some point, I'm going to, I just said, fuck it. And I know this is, isn't the very popular opinion, but I'm doing this for the money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have a long list of reasons why I think it's great and all that, but I'm doing this for the money. Right. And I had uh, a decent success with it. I would say I, I have become the highly sold digital artist, but I, I made a few, a few dollars and uh, it was decent for some time and interesting. Then the PFP craze came out. Oh, so you were there before PFP craze? Yeah, I was oh. uh, right at the time. I mean, I think that some of our friends got the Bored Ape thing for like a hundred bucks. I don't remember how, wow. how much was the minting price. So yeah, we, uh, I was one of the first adopters or early adopters. Um, 
and then the PFP craze and they came all these projects and the whatever the mechas the bats LCS from the bats <laughs> right and uh, I I have to admit that that was kind of like mm, I think I think the naysayers or at least the the people who are critical of this space got a couple things right regarding the quality of the art oh yeah for sure yeah. And I'm fine, you know, I'm fine if, if you your art is whatever quality you want and you sell it for an immense, an immense price, power to you. Mm-hmm. I just had like, it, it just was one of those factors that kind of hit me um, when, when I was trying to deal with a lot of stuff. And uh, so I decided to pause for a bit. And also that will give me a break from dealing with um, any negativity online, even though I have to say I have very few because I have um, a happy trigger guy when it comes to the black button. I don't think in, right. yeah, I don't think anything productive will come from having Ar- an yeah. online argument. I agree. Uh, um, even I, I believe that having a dialogue and discussions and debate ideas is super important for society, but you are not paying me f- for doing that. So I, right. I abstain. <laughs> I abstain right. from doing that online. In real life, no problem. Yeah, as long yeah, as yeah. you buy me a drink or something. Right. <laughs> but but online, I just say no. So I, I, I've been doing a, a couple of pieces that were picked up by collectors and they were very supportive, very nice stuff. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to deal with my shit right now, <laughs> but oh, I, yeah, I, right. I, I see myself coming back anytime now. Right now, I'm, I want to release, like, today, uh, this year, I, I got, um, it's my, I turned 42, mm-hmm. so I painted 42 images for a project, I want oh, to release cool. that as a commemoration, they're oil paintings. That's cool. So I kinda, I kind of want to get that out of the way. My therapist always tell me you must be able to multitask and do multiple stuff, compart uh, mm-hmm. both stuff yeah, in yeah, compartments. Com- yep, yep. But I, I feel like I need to do just one thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's cool. You're you're going to therapy. I mean, that's uh, I've I've talked openly about the therapy in the '90s was like life changing for me. It completely saved my yeah. life, pretty much. I think. Uh, and if you don't mind me saying, I find like my therapist at some point told me <laughs> I, I would bring it up that every exercise that would give me in therapy would resemble to magical ritual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't I, see. Yeah. No, go on. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would jump like right after doing the exercise. You know, this really worked for me because it reminds me of this thing and that thing what you do when you do this and she will go you know that's very fine but you know you're paying money to be here so yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, yeah yeah let's focus let, on you i don't care about learning yeah that. yeah let's focus <laughs> on you uh, and maybe we can talk if we have spare time you can talk to me about magic okay, okay. right <laughs> yeah well it's like that's so much of of the magical practice like high magic you know, really is about getting to know yourself and getting all the bullshit out, understanding mm-hmm. the subconscious. It's, it's very much like therapy. It's very much like psychology. Psychology is a big part of it. 
And so, you know, the whole thing about following your, your true will, it's like, you, you have to know what your true will is and you can't know what your true will is. If you don't really know yourself that well, exactly. If you're doing all the subconscious stuff and you don't know why that means you don't really know who you are. So there's a lot of techniques to get to do that. That's like, people don't realize, you know, that aren't into magic that like so much of it is kind of stuff, you know, even the guy I learned magic from, he's like a therapy is, is a great tool in the magical process. If you can afford to do that, just because mm-hmm. it's, because it's all about getting to know yourself and dealing with your traumas and stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's so funny, but I wasn't, um, I hadn't really studied it back when I was in therapy, so I never made the connection. But now that you say it, it's like so obvious. It's like it really is very similar. Uh, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's funny. You, uh, especially with anxiety, um, uh, let's just put it in a very hyperbolic way, like the unmitigated fear of the uncertainty of the future. Mm-hmm, yeah, and yeah. How, and how you steps towards it with a certain willingness it really remind me of some rituals where you where you are like uh like for example one of uh one of the uh, very early rituals that i read um that when when i started learning about magic and i said okay that makes sense even if anything of these supernatural forces doesn't exist Right. One of the steps was uh, standing in a with a sacred object in your hand in the middle of a barn in the middle of nothing, uh, an abandoned barn, right? Mm-hmm. And they would say that through the night the devil would come and try to snatch that sacred object of power from you. And I just imagine I just imagine myself in in that situation, like being surrounded by the darkness, having this precious object, and with the sons of the night in the middle of nowhere. You would feel and see the devil, even if it didn't exist. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And you will be fighting your own. Fears. Everybody. Everybody yeah. would be. Everybody, like any, yeah. Anybody. The most brave person. The scientist. Yeah. It's so primal. It's like anybody would be afraid in that situation and freaked out and start imagining things, no matter how rational you are. <laughs> okay. So I was giving you. Uh, <laughs> The full Paraguayan experience because we had a brief blackout. <laughs> <laughs> How often does that happen? Oh man, um, in summer, almost every day. <laughs> really? God, have you ever had yeah. like files corrupted if your computer goes out? Yeah, just once, and then I, I had to buy buy an uh, UPS oh. because I ne- I'm never doing that shit again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I I always need i need to get one of those <laughs> i haven't yeah. had it happen to me but i'm always worried about it yeah i, I had that happen uh, at least uh once with a big job uh during the last uh during the pandemic and oh, no yeah i'm 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 ordering a u.s us uh, a ups right now <laughs> because i can't live like this anymore <laughs> so, yeah that's the way things go that here down in the heart of south america yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I was I was telling you about the 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 ritual here with holding the sacred object and, and oh the, right right and the devil and the fact that if you were alone at night and 
even if you don't believe in the devil, you will have to face certain irrational fears right. in you. And even if, if, even if the world is devoid of any supernatural forces at all, or even if it's devoid of unknown forces, <laughs> um, the fact that you are dealing with that experience, right. it provokes within you such a fundamental change and that applies to everything in life from for me was learning to draw to learn that whole idea of the big potential that you have as a human being mm -hmm. can be realized if you learn a new skill for me it was learning to draw um in therapy uh it was the fact that i could go on in my life despite having constant rumination and invasive thoughts mm -hmm. and and how how i how you quickly, how, not quickly, but in some way you become that uh, that romanticized idea of being the master of your fate mm -hmm. for real, yo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and how that uh, it's and and I of of, of reaching that alchemical goal of reaching your true will. Right. It's that fundamental fundamental thing about magic, and it's a fundamental thing about you being a human being. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Jung was like all into magic, you know, at least studying it and stuff. And um, there's a that's what people don't realize. It's like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether the spirits are real or not. It's like it's not about that. It's not really about it. You, you That's why you can do it and not even believe in anything. And it still mm -hmm. works. It's people don't people don't get it, but uh, I have to say it's funny that that we had that um that power outage today because I did do a tarot poll this morning and I got uh, defeat the five of swords. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, that's pretty much in line. I've already kind of been arguing with a friend of mine this morning, and mm -hmm. this 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 computer crashed. So that's yeah, that's about right. <laughs> it's the universe, man. It's the universe. <laughs> the energies are are that way today yeah uh, it, you know even with tarot um to me i started reading tarot as well um i, I still use uh, i still cheat a lot and use the, the manual for mm -hmm. because i can't remember every oh yeah yeah symbol I, I, on it yeah yeah and it was like okay let's i realized that a lot of people that come to me and ask me for a tarot reading Oh, you do they, readings for people? Yeah, yeah, oh, only for cool. close, only for close friends because I can, right. uh, I I can actually uh, give some insight. If it's right. somebody uh, in the street, I couldn't. Right, right. Uh, but it's like they would come with specific questions, and I would realize they already know the answer to right. the question. <laughs> they just have something blocking their intuition or their will. Right. It, and and that would be most of the time fear of failure, right? Right. Yeah. And what I told them, uh, I tell them, this is what this card means. This is could be this could be this interpretation and all that. What do you think it is? I think I should take the chance. Right. A hundred percent every time I do a tarot reading, every person. It's almost like they just want, that. yeah, they want, they just want some kind of a little bit of someone in their corner, like, yeah, you know, a little bit affirmation, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's so and funny. I, I, you, I, you know, you, uh, I always tell them, you could, uh, I could tell you 
um, you could believe whatever you want. You could believe that the power of the universe is manifesting through these thinly but beautiful printed pieces of paper, right? <laughs> which, in my humble opinion, it, it's kind of um, a bit too much, right? Or uh, you could say that here's these are these beautiful, sim full of symbolic me pieces of art that carry a lot of symbolic meaning. And you are looking for like another person's perspective, right? Uh, from through that through that meaning, you're processing what you believe and what you want and your desire through art, right? And whatever conclusions comes through that, regardless of the outcome, you gotta admit. It's a very beautiful process. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that's the, they, and it's funny because, you know, they, the uh, magic and art are just like, you know, they're so, yeah, kind of the same thing. And, uh, but people don't regard it that way generally. But um, just like they say, you know, uh, art happens inside of the art is what happens inside of you. Like, even when you're looking at a piece of art, the art is what's happening inside of you like how you're responding to that. These are the artwork that we, if an oil painting is just a piece of canvas, some wood and some paint organized in a certain way, that's it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have intrinsic value. It's like the art experience is, is what's happening inside of you by experiencing it, seeing it, by creating it, whatever. Yeah. And it's the same way with magic. It's like, it's the magic isn't like outside of you, this weird mystical thing that's outside of you that, you, you know, it's like, it's it's an inside thing and all of these all of these rituals and techniques are just ways of bringing that part of yourself to the surface in a way and to be able to you know you can do all kinds of different things with it but um yeah you sent me that amazing essay the best essay ever written about magic i've ever read from alan moore it's what's it called fossil 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 angels fossil angels so amazing i couldn't believe it, it totally blew my mind yeah, Alan Moore to me is like the biggest uh, magical figure in this century uh, yeah. in that term, and he was the person that actually like reading his stuff. It was like uh, that's that this is a ticket. This is it. This is the way I I, I really I, I will approach magic. Right. Because uh, in my lim limit. In my limited experience, I never experienced anything supernatural. Mm -hmm. But reading what Alan Moore does, which is essentially art is magic, it's a manipulation of symbols to create right. um, a change. Mm -hmm. That was when everything clicked, and I would I could read a, a, a grimoire, a book on ritual and high magic and lower magic, and I would understand how that work even from a purely rational, right. even atheistic point of view. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah, no, it's just you know, I've had a ton of weird supernatural things happen to me <laughs> yeah, in my I life. Yeah, I saw your documentary. I saw your yeah, documentary. I've man. had so much weird shit Good happen stuff. to me that it's like I don't know why. Uh, some people it happens to some people it doesn't but but magic isn't really about that you know it's yeah. like in a way it's sort of 
I think the value for people that it happens to is that it just, it makes it easier to accept that there's just things we don't understand about the world. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, and, and that's okay. And, um, and I think that's an easier leap to get into something like spiritual spirituality or some kind of magic or whatever, just being able to accept that that's the way life is. You don't know what the fuck's, we don't know what the fuck's happening. Really. It's like, it's, it's all like beyond human comprehension, you know? And uh, you know, that's not a comfortable place to be for, I think most people because people like to feel like they've got some kind of control. They know what's going on. There are these laws. And if you follow these rules, scientific, scientific rules and this and that, everything is fine and you can be safe and you don't have to really worry about anything. But the reality is that it's so immense and big and mysterious that it's scary as shit, but um, uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be. That's that's another good thing about. Yeah. And and like every field it's, you know, they have their own mumba jumbos and people Mm -hmm. looking to make a quick buck. And do right, your, right. <laughs> their own rug pull in the non NFT world and all that. <laughs> and scientific and, rug pull, <laughs> scientific rug pull, magical rug pulls. There's a lot of those, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, big. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, got the grandkids just came over, so they're. Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I'm, no, <laughs> no, no. If you hear any kids talking, that's what it is. Um, it's alright. It's alright. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go on. Uh, yeah, I was saying that it's uh, that's what the art that was the 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 essay essay by yeah, Alan Moore yeah. say yeah that uh, we lost a lot of stuff in terms of, of the actual results of magic when we succumbed to this idea that we only used to satisfy our basic needs that right or material needs right right and the same goes it's like art you could replace the word art for magic yeah so many instances like that you know it's the same thing yeah he actually said that that right art and magic are the same thing yeah and to me it's exactly like that Mm -hmm. and a lot like most of the people i know that uh, are really into these atheist new wave of just ah oh, Richard Dawkins oh my god right, right. <laughs> and all that stuff the science is the only way uh, when they talk to me and we talk about magic and the way it works they're actually you know this is the first time I'm having a conversation about the occult that doesn't utterly disgust me or wants me to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> and, and I thought that was remarkable uh, in, in a sense uh, that I could, uh, for me as a magician, to be able to communicate right. <laughs> that, to have the capacity uh, to not convince, but at least uh, make that, sense yeah, to somebody but- who wouldn't, Right. Uh, who would be a hundred percent close to the idea of magic. <laughs> right. That's the ultimate magic trick right there that you did. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like about the, the school, the online magic.me, the thing I took to really learn it was he, he presents it very much from like a, not a, not a very, I don't know, 
mystical way you know mm-hmm. not a woo-woo way more of a more of like a just kind of no practical. Non- yeah. yeah practical and no nonsense terms um but i mean it's like yeah i mean you see it's like there's fundamentalism in every belief and it's like it's not the answer you know fundamentalist atheism is you know they they probably they have a better maybe they have a better record as far as maybe not though you know a lot of you know i i, I know that like real, there there's been some mass atrocities from atheist societies <laughs> you know like I, I have no idea isn't like communist china wasn't it wasn't it super atheist when they oh man uh, i i have to say that history back in the politics day. Our politics especially are my my forte when it comes to that well i'm just i'm uh, just saying that it's like any any form of fundamentalism is yeah not, yeah is not good <laughs> you yeah know. every uh, i i i will raise the stakes and say that fundamental being uh of fundamentalisms it's <laughs> it, it's uh a one-way ticket to that um What's the war? To censorship and sen- with that censorship comes uh, a whole baggage of of crimes that it's it's that the big no 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 hang on English is not my first language uh, I get a free pass at least one time. <laughs> yes definitely fundamentalism is a slippers it's the biggest slippery slope I know mm-hmm. like the, this, the that's that's it yeah yeah that's that's well said um so okay so anyway we got we got into some magic we got into some nft talk what um what uh what what techniques are you using for your uh your illustration work so you're you're like photographing and then just photoshopping textures and colors i mean are you doing much hand painting or is it like more photo manipulation or is it all of that mixed together because you got like really i mean your work is so amazing so so thank you so much yeah so amazing i was i was you know kind of again i was refreshing myself on everything going through your website and i was like this is amazing (laughs) thank you and i got before you get into that though i do have to say one thing this is a weird thing i've noticed since getting into nfts oh wow and (laughs) i just want to make this point because i keep forgetting to bring it up um it's weird uh you know as much as I've been into, you know, I was into digital art back in the day, you know, in the late nineties, I was into it. And that was like, I was totally passionate about it. And, um, I feel like since, since blockchain and NFTs and and all of this stuff, uh, and digital art being, being put on the blockchain, it's, you know, it's, it's the only game in town for digital artists, uh, unless you're doing commercial work, but like for fine mm-hmm. digital, fine artists, that's what you got. Um, which is great. It's great. It's amazing for digital artists, but it's like, it made me realize the prejudice I had against digital art mm-hmm. uh, because now that the blockchain exists and I see people minting things, I'm feeling like it's, like I'm feeling better about digital art than, than I used to yeah. as like, and it's like, it's fucked up to have to say that. Cause it's like, it's kind of embarrassing that I would, cause it's like some of my favorite artists, Cam DeLeon, who's all digital. 
digital work. But in the back of my mind, I was always like, oh, I wish he would paint that in oil. I wish it would be physical, like it needed that. And now, because of my experience with blockchain and NFTs, when I see digital art, I don't think that. I think it's it's perfect on its own. It's enough on its own. It doesn't need to be brought into the physical world in that way. And, and it's, you know, aside from just being experienced and understanding the technology, I've also heard so many great points about digital art. <clears throat> you know, I just was watching something uh, last night about what? Okay. <laughs> All right, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> um, uh, oh, what was? Oh, you were dude, watching something. Right, 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 right. Okay, I was watching. I got all into this dude, the dude from uh, Love, Death, and Robots, Al Alberto. Alberto Mielgo. Yeah, those two two episodes are like my I think my favorite too. His two episodes, unbelievable. So I went down the rabbit hole of his work. And I, you know, started looking at interviews and one of the things he talks about his, cause he's doing, he was doing NFTs too. Yeah. And yeah. He, he had to drive a maker's place if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, and so he's talking about how the thing he loves about digital art is that his paintings are sitting, he's showing his paintings and he's like, you know, I've scratched them up. They're darker than they used to be. You know, they're yellow, they get dirty. This digital piece is exactly the same as it was when I created it way back when. And it's like, it's more of a true, it's, it won't change. It's more immutable in that way. And, and that was just something I never thought about. It's like, that's a that unique feature of digital art is that it won't change. It's like it, once it's there, it's there. It's not going to age, you know, depending on technology and how we store things and stuff. But, mm -hmm. um, but anyway, point overall point I wanted to make was that it, it's changed how I view digital art. As much as I've always loved it, I still, I think in the back of my head, like artists like you that I really loved, I would always be like, I think subconsciously, like, oh, they should do it physically. They should do it as an oil painting. And it's like, maybe because I watched Cam DeLeon struggle so much to try and get in galleries um yeah and i yeah. tried to i tried as a digital artist people don't realize it but i was doing digital stuff i know uh, i know before uh, i was I, doing oil paintings and it's like i couldn't yeah. get any shows like people weren't interested in showing paper prints of digital work so so maybe that's it's there it's embedded in my mind too from that experience as well but like now i don't feel that way about it now i'm and it's like i'm able to see the artwork more clearly you know what i mean i'm able to see it for what it is and see that it's like as legitimate as an oil painting, as a legitimate as a physical sculpture, anything as legitimate as anything like that. So, I can tell you that feeling of being illegitimate—it's um, something I've been feeling. I feel every time I do a digital painting, mm. I felt that, and I think of that idea is deep rooted in our capitalistic society. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It is. It really is. That um, and one of the things that I would tell, if, uh, I tell everybody is like, you must charge, charge a lot for your art. Mm. Charge more. Ask for more money. If somebody uh, tells you, so this is the budget, ask for at least a slight increase. Right. Um, 
even if you are super anti-capitalist or, or you are into whatever uh, uh, economic or governmental or political system, it's not about money. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to quote the Joker, so be wary, everybody. <laughs> it's about sending a message. Right, <laughs> because, right. Because, because, um, second joke quoter, we live in a society that only <laughs> accepts, uh, only measures the worth of something from their monetary value. Hundred percent. It's so true. And that's and that's sadly, uh, it's deeply ingrained within us. Yeah. Um, and it might be. It's, it's probably really wrong, right? But I feel like one of the most valuable contributions to society is art. Right. And uh, uh, art should be valued and art should be worth whatever type of energy are we exchanging right now, be it money, be it time. Right. right. And NFTs came with that game-changing idea of giving an authentication or certification, whatever you want to call a signature. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I would really love to see this technology live to its full potential. Mm -hmm. And even if NFTs and crypto crashes and burn, I would really love somebody taking that same idea the, the idea that something that doesn't necessarily exist in a physical world um, has a value, uh, has a worth. And one of the things that one of these, I, I said to myself that I was going to say anything about naysayers of the NFT or the digital <laughs> art in the in any interviews, but uh, now you you push me to a corner. So. <laughs> say it, say it, <laughs> say you it. manipulated me. <laughs> That, like one of the stupid, uh, the, the, the most stupid arguments was this idea that uh, make putting a price to digital art was bad because digital art never was about this idea of scarcity. Right. 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 It was right. about that, this idea that you could download the piece. And at the same time, that's kind of the point of uh, all artists that are native to the space so that you can actually right click and save that picture and have it in your hard drive. And the and, and that image can be uh, shared and everybody can experience it. It's not like, oh, I got this NFT, please delete that file from your hard drive. Right, right, exactly. And that, that, that was a big shocker for me because I would go to um, the Discord and I would tell, hey, everybody, uh, I'm fine, you know, with selling an NFT, but this a right. This is a link right there to right click and save my image in high resolution. What the fuck is going on? And everybody was like, "Yeah, that's kind of the point." And blah 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 blah. But but I, I, a lot of my work gets pirated. Like uh, right. my my work gets pirated in uh, what's this red bubble, whatever. Mm -hmm. Gets pirated in China. Gets pirated everywhere. Yep. Um, it gets even get pirates locally, probably. I don't know. So what's the point? And again, the point was that the philosophy is that, yeah, you can have that, that image, but, uh, and somebody can even mint that image, right? But it's not, it's, 
it's not worth anything because you didn't did it. Right, uh, right. Because it doesn't point, the contract doesn't point to you, the artist. Right. And I thought, okay, this is weird because we are living <laughs> in this, we are having this ecosystem that you want it or not. There's a lot of people that are, are in for the money, me included at one point. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, not exactly for the value of art. But at the same time, they're preaching this idea that is so deeply, <laughs> like so deeply game changing in the in the way we uh, we are going to experience art, right. right? And we're going to sell and buy art. And I thought for a second, I would love that. I would love to, you know, if I could get paid to meet my uh, my needs and have the chance to eat sushi at least twice a week. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, like, I would have a guaranteed monthly income. I would gladly release like my images in high resolution and everybody oh, would, be, would be printing that and having them at their homes. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel this. I've always felt that way about, it's like, yeah. I wish I was rich enough to where I could just give my art away and I didn't have to sell yeah. it. I'd be so fine with me, you know? Yeah, I, and turns out that a lot of artists in this space were actually doing that. Mm -hmm. And it kind of mm -hmm. blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I have to say regarding the whole NFT thing again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are, that's a great point. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a, I just, you know, I feel the same way too. I think about that. Like what if crypto completely crashes because you, you just start constantly hearing about, especially from kind of yeah. main, mainstream media sources, you know, the shocking headlines, crypto's got down, big crash, blah, blah, blah. And you think, well, and then you see like Luna just crashed the other day and you see what can happen when something goes wrong. Oh, that and, was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily I didn't own any, but yeah. Um, um uh but uh, like you said i think the 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 you know the genie's out of the bottle uh if like you said if some for some some amazing thing happened and it all went down somehow the idea is still out there i don't think it's ever going to go back as far as you know, there's there's too many people too many artists that are into it and too many mm -hmm. collectors that are into it that just love it it's like you know I know there's a lot of scumbags and people just like don't care and the art sucks and they're just about making money completely. Yeah. It's like stock trading. It's, but it's fine. It's, there's also, I've met some, just some super passionate art collectors and people that want to support artists, you know, and they, and it's amazing. It's like Patreon. It's like, there's people that just want to donate it's like, I never really look at the Patreons I support. I just do it to support because I can. And it's like, there's a lot of yeah. collectors like that that have a ton of ETH because they invested early or whatever. And, and they like art or they love art and they want to support an artist who they think is doing good work. It's like, how is that wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that within uh, the... Uh, I I support like being critical of any space, even mm -hmm. if I am part of it. I'm a, sure. a big, <laughs> I'm a huge critical person when it comes to the magic scene. I'm not speaking about Magic the Gathering. <laughs> 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 I'm speaking about uh, Green Moors and practice right, and, right. 
and the occult. Um, I, um, and the same applies to everything I do, like listen to black metal uh, or, or doing NFTs. And I think that one of the biggest things that really, uh, really got lost in this conversation was that the fact that what a mind-boggling idea that we could have a new way for artists to make a living doing what they love, regardless of the, uh, with a medium that was disqualified before right. by a capital, uh, by cap capitalistic idea, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, you hate NFTs, you hate crypto. Fine, no problem, bro. But how <laughs> about we explore that idea? We don't, uh, you hate it, fine. Let's explore that without crypto without nfc let's do that right and that's something that i seem that in his absence it's kind of puzzling to me right that we totally forgot about that and we went either we are going to concentrate all our efforts in criticizing nfts right 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 all right <laughs> again <laughs> again it's right. all right you can hate them right hate but again just consider that idea no 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 because nfts are, are evil okay forget about nfc right, right take right. that idea and it, it, it's something that really escape because it, it it's such a revolutionary step forward right for everybody Again, even if you don't believe in Web3, in the metaverse, I, I cut myself a big unbeliever of things until I see them. Right. <laughs> uh, but just think about it, man, for a second. I yeah, I know. There's, you know, every once in a while, and I see, and I see it more and more now. And I, you know, I apologize if people aren't into NFTs or listening to this, but <laughs> honestly, it seems like maybe I'm promoting it because I'm in it now, but it's really not the case to me. It's like the podcast has always been what's been going on with me. What's been going on in the artists I interview, what I'm excited about, what I'm interested in. That's, that's the guidelines. And right now this, I keep talking about it and bringing it up because I'm interested in it and I'm excited about it. And I think it's amazing. But um, one thing I, I, I see more and more of are, which I think is the correct assessment which is people saying i'm not into nfts mm -hmm. but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give an artist a hard time for finally make earning some money if they can do it that's like that's all we're asking <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> it's so wrong it's like the it's you know it's don't hate the player hate the game it's that's what it is it's like you know this is especially for digital artists it's so morally i find it so morally wrong to get after any artist for for mm -hmm. to, to artists finally able to make decent money to get to give them guilt trips about it it's wrong it's morally wrong and and it pisses me off because it's like you know artists have been shit on for since the beginning of time and now they're finally yes. there's this huge the biggest opportunity probably in any of our lifetimes and probably the biggest opportunity for artists in history in art history and 
you're going to shit on these artists who've been, who've been like, you know, scraping all, you know, doing projects they didn't want to do, scraping by, you know, people don't realize how hard it is to be, to be an artist as a, as a career. And, you know, so I don't know. That's, I guess that's all I'll say. I'm going to, uh, I think that the only thing I'm going to add to that is I uh, feel free to go to my NFT collection and right click, save everything you want. Yeah. And enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's such a great point you made. Cause it's like that, that, that space gives the opportunity for more people to enjoy it. It gives yeah. you the opportunity to give it away for free. It's like, it's crazy. It's, I think, you know, the perception is changing though. People are realizing, I just love that it, it, I, I'm just, to me, it impressed me so much that it got me thinking about what collecting really is, what it means to collect, what gives something intrinsic value. I'd never really thought that much about it, honestly. And I was like, you know, it really, this doesn't, it's nothing. It's a, <laughs> of, it's a piece of wood with some oil paint on it. It doesn't, you know, there's nothing valuable about it other than if you think it's cool or you know the time i spent to make it or whatever it's like it's oh, man. interesting I, I i own five of your pieces i did just increase their value publicly oh. <laughs> five of your original just went down in value <laughs> no i'm not say, i'm saying you know how it is yeah 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 all, i i know what you're saying all art has all heart all art it's yeah. it's so it's so obvious it's less obvious maybe on uh, a level where people are really skillful, but it's mm -hmm. super obvious at the blue chip level where people yeah. are putting like a piece of dog shit in a cardboard box and saying, or the banana on the wall that just like the banana taped to the wall selling for a million dollars is all you need to know about the intrinsic value of art. <laughs> what paintings yeah. do you have in mind? Do you have studies? I have a, uh at least two pencil sketches. Oh, cool. Uh, I got one finished painting that one of uh, one of your, uh, and one study. Oh, cool. Oils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm looking at them right now. I, I don't want to go and grab them because yeah, that would okay. be too, too much flexing. You know, we're talking about <laughs> NFT capitalist. I will, will be flexing my Chet Hart collection. I know I should have got my uh my uh the magician painting put it up yeah. in the background. I didn't even think about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So it's, the second question uh, you ask, uh, sorry, were you no, going to say something? No, I was just gonna say the room it's in is red. I have oh, one, cool. one there was one red room when we moved here, and it's like it's just perfect in that room. Anyway, go nice. Ahead. nice. <laughs> Are you going to tell me the story about, uh, I don't know, I could say in the podcast that you said that why you wanted that painting. Do you remember that? No. That you had a trip and you saw, saw something similar? Oh, that's right. Is that what? Wow. That's so funny because I forgot about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, no, I oh. saw that. I, I saw that. I had a, uh, it was a DMT thing and I saw a triangle and, I, and it mm -hmm. had this eye. And it was like a big, like a square column that was like snaking around. And it had that, the head of your guy was on top yeah. of it. It wasn't red, but it was like black and white. And it was kind of black and white stripes. And it was just like looking at me. It was like, and it was kind of like the eye of God or something. It just felt like this huge power. And I was kind of like, oh man, that's pretty, it's kind of scary. Cause it's so, the feeling was so like 
wow, that's so immense. I believe Harlan Erlinson had a, a tale where he describes a creature like that in one of his books called uh, The Dead Bear and Other Stories, because a friend would, uh, would send me quotes from the book. Oh, really? Uh, and that was scary. Like, oh, my God, this is like this. And, and I actually painted that piece inspired by H.R. Giger, which was a huge influence oh, for yeah. me. Me too, of course. Um, so yeah, you were asking about technique and what I do in Photoshop. It's I collage stuff. Mm -hmm. I collage photography, my own photographies. I've been using stock photography lately. I've been trying to get away from the guilt of, oh my God, I'm using photography for other people. Whatever. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like a, that's, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I but it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's there for free of use. There has no copyright restrictions. Yeah, why and one not? thing. There was another artist, I don't know if he, if he would like to be described as a dark artist, but his work was dark and beautiful at the same time, is Victor Cohen from New York City. He teaches at the School of Visual Arts, as I believe correctly. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, his work is awesome, and he does a lot of it. An awesome illustrator and painter. And he said that I would go to uh, markets, uh, flea markets, and I would get like a bag full of all photographs and he would retouch them. Mm, that's cool. Uh, and uh, as I was reading about necromancy, <laughs> not in, a, in any fancy grimoire, but in, rather in Dungeons and Dragons, I thought, right. well, ain't that a beautiful metaphor, metaphor for necromancy if I grab those photos of people who were like forgotten? Giving them back, giving them life again. Giving them, them back. life again, bringing them back through painting, That's giving so that cool. energy of this, of, of, of the, the same spell. And again, yeah. art was art is magic. Yeah. And what I do is I, I lose, I use a lot of, of archival photography that is uh, in historical archives that are free of, free of use. One of them, I think, it was the Library of Congress. Another, another one that I remember correctly was the, uh, one museum. Oh, I don't remember. It was, it was in Brooklyn or Boston that mm -hmm. I wrote them and it told me, uh, if you do any piece of art, just uh, put uh, 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 that you use a stock from the museum and give us a, a shout out publicly and that's fine. Oh, and if cool. you don't want to do that, even that's fine because oh wow these are, that's cool <laughs> yeah these are our what's what's the term when there are free of copyright public are, public domain public domain yeah public mm -hmm. domain images and i just love it sort like uh historical photography like the daguerreotypes the tint right yeah yeah types the, all, all that stuff a big joe peter Ritkin fan as well <laughs> yeah but he's amazing so underrated too and uh, and that uh, those aspects of art and magic they appear in everything i do like i was reading of the manifestation of spirit and this is something I, I really like to mention the manifestation of spirits and when doing a ritual i was like oh my god i'm going to see a spirit and then i wouldn't see anything and people would say well you will see the shapes in the smoke of the incense or in the black mirror mm -hmm. and i thought okay what the black mirror the monitor screen yeah what, is, what yeah. a cool idea <laughs> what is i can manifest something through that black canvas and the right. same happens when i usually painting uh i usually paint from dark to light because 
this idea, this powerful idea of coming from darkness to light that is even exploring alchemy from the philosopher's mm -hmm. stone that starts mm -hmm. at at the blackening of the materials. Right. And having that manifestation there, it just so so cool. It's totally so good cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> uh, and people who might experience the art might not be conscious about it. That's fine. The important thing is that I feel what what I feel right in that moment of creation because that's my time. So what one more point for art equals magic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, that's hundred percent. I never thought about that. The black mirror and the and the uh, <laughs> the monitor is so cool. No, to me it was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, it makes that. It's yeah. so yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, when you think about, uh, like I think about how I create artwork, where mm -hmm. I'm, you know discover you know i don't know how i'm doing it really it's like i'm just kind of doing it it's so yes. weird and yeah, i'm like yeah, yeah. and you know you're trying to make something cool it sounds really kind of lame but you know that's how i feel i want to make something that excites me that energizes me that i think is neat and cool and and i like it and it's like you know you start drawing shapes and you see the ones that you like and you just keep following them and this image appears out of that and it's like you know how is that not different than conjuring a spirit yes. yeah it's like you know it's exact you know there's a there's certainly in any of these characters there's a a spirit of there's there's if you think about what the word spirit means like an energy or or a a presence of some kind it's like paintings do have a presence whether you call that supernatural or not or whether you just say it's got a presence because it catches your eye or, or whatever but they have yeah because you experience something through that painting right that's a presence. right right that's a presence so it's like you know again art you know art and magic are the same thing it's just it's more like th th i guess the problem with magic is is understanding what it really is oh you know yeah. and and it's like we can understand what it is because through art because art there's no there's not taboos there's not the same kind of taboos around enjoying artwork you know mm -hmm. and 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 having experience with art it's like a it's like a mainstream okay thing to do there's not taboos against it but there's all these taboos against occult occultism and magic just because of culture you know but yeah. but but as a way of understanding the occult you could just kind of like you know think about art in a more um uh intuitive way i guess maybe and you just like kind of apply the same thing and, and that if you're interested in understanding magic or the occult if you start thinking of those things in the same way it, it will make sense um the guy i learned magic from was always saying kind of like artists artists take to magic way easier than regular people because they're already mm -hmm. doing it <laughs> they just don't yeah. really realize it you know exactly yeah 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 uh, I, I was going to ask you about your process. If you you visualize the image as it is, and then you paint it, or you are scribbling and then find the image, because uh, I found that yeah. that there's a bit of a pushback uh, in some certain arts 
art circles about this idea of not being able to visualize that you find the stuff as it's mm -hmm. kind of that disqualifies your process which i think is utterly dumb but whatever i never heard <laughs> that one before yeah i, I i'm disqualified then yeah yeah because <laughs> I, I i uh i i mean i've had cer certain things i've i've imagined and then i've tried to paint them but generally it's like i'm finding them i'm finding them through this yeah. through, the, through the doodling process it feels uh, like in the translation you are adding and and rethinking that which you imagine right yeah 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 even yeah but but sometimes i have no idea mm, and i'm just yeah. and i just start it's like it's a way of thinking like doodling is almost like a way of imagining and thinking mm -hmm. it's like a physical way to do it it's like note taking in a weird way of of your imagination or something but i think that's you know that's just what's so mysterious and cool about the art making process is that you know how it's like you can't even explain where that comes from or where ideas come from really mm -hmm. you know it's like i don't i don't feel like i really know or like i even have to know it doesn't matter to me it's just fun i just like to do it you know and i know how to do it so i just do it <laughs> it's that simple <laughs> i mean how about you are you like uh are you starting out with a well i'm sure for commercial works you have to start out with kind of like a concept but do you do the uh more intuitive stuff as well where you just kind of like start messing around or do you because you know, it seems like from from the artists i've interviewed it seems like those are the two ways that people create some people are yeah. more more oriented like me to like do doodling and just finding it and then other people are more about they think about it and imagine it and then figure out how to get that in as a piece of art whether it's like taking pictures or you know and then they sketch it out because they have the idea they're trying to get across so what are, yeah, what, are, yeah. what, are, what are, how are yeah how are yeah you? and of course there there's something to be said about the commitment you know of pushing through a piece through that like shooting reference and then I love posting everything and yeah. painting exactly as it is mm -hmm. man that's that's a level of surgical precision yeah. i wish i had i yeah <laughs> I, I, en I, I enjoy that because it's yeah. i i definitely steered more in that direction uh for a long time uh to where i was even these you know doing studies for everything that's part of mm -hmm. like me planning the big painting out these are just like steps a stage before the painting and so i'm trying to work everything out i enjoy that i like process I, I i like i enjoy process i don't get really much out of looking at a final painting i did i mean mm -hmm. it's cool and rewarding but i don't like look at paintings uh, my old paintings very often it's just like the fun part was the process that's what i really was into and figuring out the puzzle you know yeah yeah for my personal pieces i like surprises but i know that yeah, art yeah. directors don't like surprises yeah <laughs> So what but I they're missing is, out. They're missing uh, out because yeah. they, they would be better if they gave you that freedom. Probably, probably. But uh, <laughs> what I try to do is then have that uh, intuitive part of the finding out part in in the sketches. Like right. I will do really, really loose sketches. That will be just like a blob of ink on paper, and that's it. And um, then I would take them. For a job, I would take them to Photoshop, depending on the client. Some clients I'm fine with just sending whatever you want. Others are more, uh, more strict mm -hmm. or more um, 
or they are just or they just at least want to have an idea of what you want to show right <laughs> right so what i would usually do is like almost take it to even almost take it to a finish because uh at least i would get that image out of my system as time goes by and i get less time to take it to a finish um uh, i just probably again invest more time in the doodling part mm -hmm. and i would take that uh to this idea of finding the pieces to extreme uh to the point where i would be in the shower and there will be like this weird mark made of soap right. in the glass of the shower <laughs> i would i would stop everything go grab my camera and take a photo of that because okay that's a beautiful shape I gotta use that, right? Yeah, and I gotta give credit to uh, two great teachers I had. They are a couple, and you know them. One is Vanessa, the other is Ron Lemon. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, um, great, great. They they are awesome. Um, and Vanessa works uh, that way with he, with her paintings, right? And um, and Ron is. Um, He's involved with uh, a lot of people who come from the concept art scene, which is this, the part where I'm more like about this idea of uh, everything right. comes from your mind. But still, he's he understands this process so well and has such an open mind. Both of them have such open minds. Mm -hmm. And having class with them was uh, a life-changing experience. Really? I know that Vanessa doesn't like the idea of everything being life changing, but <laughs> <laughs> when did my participant was it I, an I online? Was it online? Yeah, they, yeah, they were teachers online, and oh, I had to cool. get like a, a teaching, uh, teaching, a uh, learning with them, and they were just like so good. Um, and there, there was a point like as I said to Vanessa, you know, I feel like teaching because I'm using uh, photography. And that man, that was a <laughs> that snowball even into an article. You know, Spectrum, the uh, annual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, like even the the author of Spectrum wrote an article about how there's no cheating in art. Oh wow! And how, and, how, uh, and he talked about stuff like Frazetta used reference, even he denied it. Right. With uh and uh oh yeah so, reference yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah reference is yeah. crucial yeah, yeah. you know yeah but it, but it's funny because I, I knew a lot of uh classical fantasy illustrators were like adamant to this idea that you have to be the reference you internalize it to the point that you can draw with a reference and then you become an illustrator. Otherwise, you are trash, worthless trash. What? You speak to me? You dare to speak to me? <laughs> Don't I mean, speak to me, your photography. When I was a kid, I used to think that. When I was like a teenager, because it's because everybody, everybody yeah, used to every, think that. Because, you know, you're dumb when you're a kid. But then you, yeah. you know, but, 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 uh, you know, I, my dad always used reference. So it wasn't like, any, I never even thought about it really. I just, for me, it was like, I felt like if I could do it out of my head, I would be better, you know? And then you, then, then once I became an artist, it's like, 
that's that's just not true you know the best artists i know are using reference and you know i use i don't use a lot of reference uh for my stuff just because i'm you know what i'm doing is so simple in a way it's like these head and mm-hmm. shoulder portraits i don't really need it but when there's times when i need it because it's something out of my comfort zone and i use it if i was ever going to have to do anything with like perspective i would yeah. take photos for sure because i don't know oh yeah perspective, perspective. i would the devil's work <laughs> yeah yeah i've you know i i've tried and failed at that i know enough to know that i don't know know it <laughs> so i would take reference for sure and uh, yeah you know, uh, and with yeah. di- with digital, it's like it just gives you so many more options, like using photography, and it's it's all good as far as I'm concerned. Again, I, I would like to point out that I'm, I'm giving all this uh, these ideas that uh, one has to be like challenge and um and make a stand against it. Uh, I would like to. Uh, uh, to remark that it's more in a positive light to this idea that you had this opposition and you made a stand. And that's something I believe very important for any kind of artist mm-hmm. that have to face the big devil. Ah, look at <laughs> right. that. I'm, I'm, I'm coming full, full circle right yeah. now. Talk about magic. The big devil in the, in the barn the big external voices that tell that you to give up that that thing that to use sacred and available and powerful right and right. then you decide to not give it back man right <laughs> <laughs> and there's a there's a big power in that act and um, i encourage everybody who's listening to this uh to to do that to and more importantly, I guess, to not feel alone in their struggle to uh, because you're doing things in a different way in art, right? Right. On the contrary, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's better if you're doing it your own way. You know, that's it's all about, you know, everybody everything's been done as good as it can be done in painting and sculpture. They already did it. Hundreds of years ago, they did it better than you'll ever do it. It's like, <laughs> so, so what we have now is it's not about doing it the very best it can be done. It's about doing it in the most authentic voice and the best that you can do with your authentic voice and expressing yourself as purely as possible. And we have all of these amazing artists to learn from that already did it as good as it can be done. We can learn technique and stuff from them, but you know, what, what's as artists nowadays, that's what we have to offer to art history is pure expression and new ideas that are true, truly coming from, from ourselves, like our, our inner self. That's it. You know, that's like, it's, you're never going to, I'm sorry. You're never going to make a better marble sculpture than, you know, uh, whatever his name is one of the ninja turtles yeah <laughs> yeah right uh no i was thinking this one specific guy uh but it, it doesn't matter but it's like you know it's already been done to the as good as it can be done you know you, you can maybe get that good but it doesn't get any better at that level so it's not about technique anymore it's about expression 
Yes. We don't need to do yeah. that. We don't need to do that again. It's already been done. You know, if we want to push art history forward, then we have to just do new work and try and express ourselves as purely as possible and make amazing work that comes from like from us as individuals, I think. Yeah, that that makes sense because you know the capacity to draw at least in a photorealistic way is within everyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. If you, if you learn how to write, if you learn how to copy basic shapes, abstract shapes, you can learn how to draw and you can learn how to be very good at drawing and painting. Yeah. But what you do with that is the thing that uh, will set you, uh, will make a difference. And that's something that I, I when the, in the moments I teach, I tell everybody, like imagine everybody, uh, the day of tomorrow, it becomes like the matrix and you can download the draw super good program in your head right now. What's going to make you different? It's going to be yeah. your personal experience and the way you translate that and how honest you are. And it's funny because without being honest and vulnerable, without being open, there could not be true human communication. So so there, there could be no, no art then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's what happens when you hang a piece of art, you put on what you feel there and it's up to the world to judge. And right. it's scary. Yeah. And wonderful <laughs> at the same time. And it's like the first time you open up with a lover or a friend or whatever. Uh, like, you know yeah you run the risk of rejection yeah you 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 run the risk of rejection manipulation yeah yeah right any right. sort of a critical voice but yet you do it and you do it again and again and again and again it may never get easier but you keep doing it and there's something to say about true will and the human spirit there that i'm sure a person with a better command of the English language <laughs> well, I encourage everyone to do that in the comments <laughs> yeah man well well we're at coming up on two hours so we should I guess wow. I should yeah uh, that, wrap start wrapping it up um so sure. what do you what do you have going on currently that's exciting what what's is, is there any new you know, well, or you're you're coming out of this block, I guess, is the thing that's yeah. the big thing for you. That's yeah, a long, coming it's out. been a long block. That's a long block a, from the beginning of the year. It's a long block, yeah. And I've been coming out of that. Um, I'm coming out strong. I have a couple of pieces that I'm really excited to show. I'll be showing the uh, the person who, since I live in Paraguay, I have a person and a dear friend of mine who runs my web shop in the United States. And uh, she's going to be receiving the 42 paintings as soon as she completes. Oh, right. she's, she's moving out of state right now. Um, the 42 paintings, that's right. Yeah. So I'm going to show those that were done like a year ago. Um, still, they feel like a turning point uh, because uh, it was a, a book commission for a role-playing uh, uh, role game. It's in Sweden. Mm. They were super nice guys, and they were like, here's the text. Do whatever you want. Just give us a glimpse of what you have in mind. 
first. Um, they were really cool about that. And I just took the 42 pieces and do and thread them as personal work. And I was not hoping, but I thought that a couple at least would be rejected, but they didn't. <laughs> for my good friends, uh, uh, Mark, uh, the role-playing game, Mark Bork, Johan and Peel. <laughs> Thank <Okay>. you for <laughs> accepting everything. Uh, I got a, one translation of a book, which I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of the book yet, but it has to do with vampires. Oh, and cool. Joe Hill, uh, the writer, awesome. did the foreword for that. It's coming in Germany anytime this year. It's going to be super cool I, again. Uh, what else? What else? Um, more projects. Hopefully, uh, I, I will have again um, a piece or two. I, I believe uh, I just have to finish them. Um, and the dark, uh, the dark arts emporium. Emporium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, the name of the show. It has a show that has to do with music and what it inspired for us. I'm looking to bring some of my favorite black metal tunes and death metal. Listen to that cool uh and that's it and the meanwhile you can follow me you can go to my website at araya art i know it's not easy to spell that in english <laughs> so i hope you can do that for me it's it's a r a y a a r t yeah. right yeah okay. .com, and you can see all my socials there you can go to my twitter uh, my instagram yeah that's uh that's it i guess you got Looking the nft nfts coming i don't know man i don't know i kind of the I market's kinda, really slow right now the market's yeah, kind of dead right now yeah but besides the market um hmm i think i want to see i i uh if i would i want to hmm, i want to see how the the thing evolves mm -hmm. a bit and i want to take it a bit slowly. I don't want to uh, to get uh... again. I would be doing it for the money. It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> artistic for my part, uh, but my heart right now it's in. Uh, I call it learning to paint again because it has been a while since I painted. Three months is a long mm. time. Yeah, yeah. So I I've, I've been excited about this idea of creating physical work. Oh, cool. And I hope to do at least a 3D piece in the future. Sculpting is something that fascinated me, and I'll be totally into sculpting. If we could find super sculpty on any any material like that in Paraguay, the only thing we have is like clay made of a mud, which is really? <laughs> it cracks like hell, man. Oh, it's... man. Yeah, you can't get, yeah, a lot of stuff, I guess, you can't get there, huh? Yeah, yeah. And then I saw you guys using all this polymer cloth, fancy polymer clays and <laughs> armatures, and I'm like, what the fuck I'm supposed to do with this load of mud I just got? <laughs> there, so, yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, he can't get stuff from like the UK or something or because I know they have a lot of that stuff there. It's, it's crazy expensive on the shipping. And oh, again, yeah. this, this brings this, this idea of the NFTs being like life saving for right. us here in South America. Um, so probably before, I, if I commit to do any NFTs, I probably do some deep dive into the space mm -hmm. again, make sure that my heart is in the right place. Yeah, yeah. Or if I need money. 
Sorry for being honest, everybody. I love oh, you no, that's, you know, that's it's it's a it's a it's a two, you know, it's it's both, you know, the way I see yeah. it to, for me, it's like. It's I've said it before, it's it's the money because we live in the society. Yeah, <laughs> the, the money is something that justifies me being able to do something I want to do anyway, but I can't afford to. Because everything I have to do, everything I do has to make money because yes. that's the, that's, I live in California. I live in the United States. I live in the capitalist system and that's how I have to, that's, I don't have money just to sit on. So I have to earn money with whatever I do. So that's why I do studies. That's why I do paintings. I also want to do them. Mm -hmm. I want to, if I wasn't getting paid, I would still do them if I could afford to. But now that with NFTs, I can afford to do digital work and get back into it, which is something that I've just been missing for so long. It was so long that I forgot that I missed it, honestly. Yeah, I, re I remember you saying in, in your interviews that your first vision about art were about digital and animations. Yeah, yeah. How are you going to the how you were going to display it and know, from that I was change. so into it. Before I was painting, I was into yeah. trying to do that, you know. But so, so that's, you know, the, without the potential to make money, I couldn't afford to do it. So I probably wouldn't be doing it. And that's a bummer because I want to do it. It's like so fun animating these things for me. It's just like super fun. And I just want to do more digital. I want to do like the kind of stuff you're doing too. You know, oh, I want to play, <laughs> play, play around in that, you know, just that, that format of mm -hmm. Photoshop and using collage and stuff. I mean, it's funny because I I've done that, but it was for, uh, des, you know, designs for like, uh, for movies and stuff. It's oh, really, yeah, yeah. I, um, I'll have to send you some pictures or maybe I'll please do. post them, but it's like, it would be like a painted character or mm -hmm. it would be a, a photograph of an actor. And then I adjust it, manipulate it to turn it into a creature. And then I would, you know, find a picture on the internet of a city street or some catacombs or something. And I'd put it in there and then I would do all kinds of textures. You know, it's like th that just made sense in that setting because it's it's quick. It looks good. And, you know, you're helping the director visualize a scene or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've done it and I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> I just have never been able to make it make sense financially to be able to do it as part of my fine art career. Cause I have to make money all the time. Cause this is the world we live in. So, so now I get to, I have all these, you know, getting back into 3d and animating is sounds so much like so much fun and animating my paintings. It's just like super fun, super exciting. So I'm, I'm grateful for that technology. Cause yeah, we're at the laboratory, like mad scientist yeah exactly exactly yeah i used to pretend i was a mad scientist when i was a little yeah kid. me too me too did you really well. yeah yeah <laughs> it I, was like I, yeah. i'm surprised i'm not dead because i used to go in the garage and i would mix up chemicals whatever my dad had out in the car out in the garage motor oil bug same same bug here, spray but, bug poison but I, rat but I would poison go to the first <laughs> I would go to the first aid kit as well and grab all the syrups and whatever right. cough, cough medicine and just <laughs> and at some point I decided well there's a lot of fire in this chemicals so let's just 
throw a fire. <laughs> bu- bu- bubble it and everything. Or boil it. Bubble everything. I, I almost burned a house. But yeah, fun stuff, man. Fun stuff. That's so funny that you did that too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's in our blood. Yeah, I tell, I tell you, I tell you. It's all about magic and the will manifesting itself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks mm-hmm. you, thanks for coming on. Your stuff's amazing. Love it. I'm just I'm a huge fan. Uh, I don't own a lot of art and I own one of your pieces. So I'll I'll let that's that speaks for itself. So thank you uh, so much. Yeah, uh, and had a, an amazing time talking with you, man. Super fun. Likewise. Uh, yeah. Thank, thank you for making the time. And uh, you, now you just have to say uh, goodbye to the audience. So say goodbye, audience. Goodbye, audience. I love you all, even if you hate me for doing NFTs. <laughs>